pasa la juca si no le voy a dar con esa. Y el pum 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 Good evening and welcome to another episode of the San Antonio Soccer Roundtable. Our guest tonight needs no introduction, but joining us live all the way from Mexico City, Marlene Campa. How are you doing tonight, Marlene? I'm actually quite full. I just ate, but I'm doing very good. A good meal uh, there at the uh, training grounds, I, I hear, heard. Oh, yes. We usually have meals, but today I actually had a date, and I Ooh. went to sushi, which we weren't supposed to do with one of my teammates. Okay. But we, ha we have, like, these things that called, like, they measure us, like, our body fat and stuff like that, and we have, like, colors. I'm in green, but... I don't know after sushi what color I'm going to be in. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll worry about that tomorrow. Thank you for cutting the date short to join us uh, tonight for the show and everything. Uh, Danielle had kind of a, a fun intro for tonight's evening, and, and she's going to be our, our host. So we're going to make this a working woman's Wednesday. Take over. <laughs> um, so I thought since Marlene is on, we usually like share a little tidbit about our day, but I thought today we'd all share like a little tidbit about maybe like a special Mexico game, whether it's national team or Liga MX, whether here or in Mexico. Um, so we'll just kind of go around and I'll start. So I had been in San Antonio for the first time ever and I, when I moved here for a week. It was the U.S.-Mexico game about four or five years ago. I randomly got tickets from an American Outlaws fan sitting at the table next to me on the Riverwalk for the next day. Paid cash at the table. I had no idea if they were legit. I get there. I'm wearing my, like, U.S. national team jersey. I'm all proud that I'm going to see one of these, like, huge, big stadiums filled with U.S. Uh, fans. And... No, it was basically a Mexico national team home game. So after that game, I went out and bought myself a nice little Mexico shirt. I got a scarf at the Mexico-Bosnia game because I knew I had to blend in. So uh, there I was, one of like 50 people out of the 60,000 in U.S. national team gear. So uh, <laughs> that was my intro to... Life in San Antonio and Mexican soccer, so. <laughs> and they've sold out the Alamo Dome ever since, right? Pretty yes. much every time they come yes. here. The national team's actually, the women's national team's actually playing Jamaica right now. I'm not sure what the score is. Well, we'll keep Harry, it. Harry, uh, did you have it? It was 1-0 at half. Mexico or Jamaica? Mexico. Oh, yes. Goodness. I think the Renee, Renee's a pretty good forward, I've heard. Yeah, been uh, getting some time in right now, right? And we'll get to that here in a little bit. Um, but what about you, Rafa, I, I, Mr. Club America there? What's your favorite uh, Mexico story? Uh, I, I've gone to too many games. So I've seen much fights, throwing bottles at the, at the opposing teams, the, the, the forbidden chant. Um, signs is looking for toxic girlfriends and, <laughs> and it, also it, it's a it's a it's fun because I am part of Punch of the Army and it's 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 always a party there you know being there going to the game so you know every game here in Texas or California or New York or Chicago it's a home game for Mexico so but the last actually the last club club American game was in Houston. Uh, that was a little interesting. I got hit by water bottles <laughs> by my own fans. That's how crazy the America fans are. 
And so I just nothing but good experiences, you know, going to those games. Now, Marlene, you were just at the, uh, the the final here recently, I thought I saw on social media. Is that right? Yes. Um, the club were, was able to give us tickets to go to the America Monterrey final. And, yes, I definitely got a whiff of the America fans. Um, <laughs> I ended up smelling like beer after the game. <laughs> I don't know how many beers were poured everywhere and how excited and intense the environment was, but... It's definitely something that you need to experience. Well, and your seats were down there in the front, right? Like, I mean, almost at the field level, it looked like. Yeah, we were kind of in the 100 section, so it was it was a little bit like in the middle, but it was towards the towards the lower part. But it was they were pretty good seats, so we definitely were able to get hit by everything. <laughs> I just feel being at the Azteca was a bit intimidating. I mean, we haven't gotten to play there, but just being there and be, watching the men play, it's definitely, uh, it's definitely a different environment. You just sit there and you're just like, wow, we're going to be able to play here, and this is going to be insane, like in a, in a massive stadium. It's amazing. That is awesome, and I'm excited to talk to you about that and just kind of what the journey's been like and everything. But now for the uh, other widows to get a turn, uh, Harry, do you have any uh, Mexico memories that you wanted to share? So mine, it's probably very similar to Danielle's. However, a little bit different twist is you know, I started working at one of the local companies here, and you know I, I went to a soccer game in Colorado, and you know with the Rapids MLS when it was at Mile High Stadium, and there was what ten thousand if we're lucky there. And I was like, okay, yeah, I'll go out, and we ended up going to uh, some bar on, on on the south side. And of course, you know he picked me up and drove me down there, and I walked in, and I was like, oh my god, what did I get myself into? It was just it was a lot of fun, and and it was great. You know, I, I don't understand Spanish, but. No, it was a great time, and, and you know, I forget who they were playing, and you know, it was you know four or five nothing route, but you know it was it was fun from the moment you walked in until you know when you stumbled out and, and you know made it all safe. <laughs> <laughs> I guess for me, it would probably have to be the uh, friendly with uh, San Antonio FC and uh, Santos. Um, I just remember tailgating kind of down there before the match started and, you know, with all the Santos fans and everything, and they were doing their chants, and then we all started chanting our chants, and they got up on the wall right there that kind of separated uh, both tailgate areas, and then afterwards kind of came over and, and, and hung out with us and stuff like that, and, you know, because it was just a friendly and everything, but you talk about just a, a fun atmosphere and a fun group of people to sit there and watch a soccer game with. I think that's probably one of the most enjoyable experiences I've had out there at Toyota Field was uh, watching SAFC and Santos in that tailgate. Rafa, you, were, were you there for that game? Yeah, I was beating the drum. So, <laughs> so, and so you probably remember, and I know I'll, I'll pronounce it wrong, but what was the song that, that we sang afterwards that they all came over and sang with us? We were happy when we were drunk. Good times, good times. Well, so we've all kind of shared some history, and Marlene, you've kind of talked about where you're at now. I would love to hear a little bit about this, your story, kind of where you started. Um, because I know I follow you on Facebook, and I know you're you're talking about getting more on Twitter. 
um, and seeing these pictures from Europe. So just kind of love to hear your story. And I know that there's younger girls listening to us now who maybe are where you were at when you were in high school playing for, um, you know, the Dallas Texans and, you know, you played for Lee. Um, so maybe if you can kind of share some of those, those experiences and kind of how you went to each next step. Okay, so when when I was 10, we moved to Texas because I'm originally from Los Angeles, California. And um, we, didn't, I, I, we didn't really find a soccer community until my parents put, I have siblings, I don't know if you all are familiar with them, but I have two sisters that Anna Kampa and Brittany Kampa, Brittany's in high school, Anna's in just graduated from UIW, and then my brother just graduated from UTSA, his name's Kevin. We've all kind of played soccer. So uh, my parents put them into this little league, like YMCA, I think by Almost Park or something like that. And um, you know how sometimes you get into YMCA leagues and the parents usually run and coach everything. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and they're younger than me, so they all have kind of were able to play on the same team. But for me, it was kind of like, I'm older, I can't go play with younger kids. So one of the dads there, his name's Luis Castro, and he actually has a league, and he's done a lot for like um, families that don't know anything about soccer. He's done a lot for that community because he's created a little soccer community, um, and he gets people into club teams, and it's it, it really started there. Um, so he created a team my age. And I played with boys and girls, kind of like a little YMCA. And then he created his own league and started inviting teams. And it was like coached by parents. And it was like a little Mexican, I call it Mexican league, but a little Sunday league. Um, you're playing on rocks and dirt. And it's like, that's where it started. Then I started playing. I He got me into a club. It was Alamo City, I think. It, it was like way back, Alamo City. And then I went on and I played with... Uh, the Dallas Texans, and from the Dallas Texans, I moved to Lions, and then I went back and finished at Dallas Texans. But the Dallas Texans is so big, so it was like one side, Dallas Texans West and Dallas Texans something else, I think. And I ended up playing in a different Dallas Texans, but uh, I did go to Lee High School. I went there for two years, my um, three years. My senior year, I moved to MacArthur High School because we moved by that side, and we went to regionals. From coming from a, a, a Lee program who used to not qualify for playoffs, I went to a MacArthur High School program that went to state that would go to playoffs every year, and from there, it was just a different environment, and, and I never thought that I, like, I really enjoyed playing soccer, and I was like, okay, I'm going to play college soccer but I never knew how I could play professional or go into the national teams or do any of that. My my parents were both born in Mexico, so it's like they don't have a lot of experience with university and, and stuff in America and the U.S. So i kind of done everything with my parents' support, but figuring it out on my own as I go. And um, like I said, I'm pretty social, so I always ask questions and I always talk to people. and. Um, I've always had a lot of people that, that have helped me throughout everything, whether it's my parents, since it's four of us, they have to split up and take each of us to our own club games, mm-hmm. whether me writing with one of my friends or one of my friend's moms, it was a lot of, of that. 
going on. So um, then I my for college, for college, um, it was last minute. I was playing in a in a showcase, in a showcase, and my two friends were were getting looked at by this coach from TSU. And I didn't know what I was doing. I was just going to see who talked to me. I don't know. I wanted to do, do a D1 college, but I didn't really research or didn't know anything. It's my senior year. So this um, this coach approaches me, and she's like, hey, I'm really interested in you. TSU is a Division One program, and starts telling me about school. And my two friends, teammates are going. They went to San Antonio Judson. And um, they have a pretty good soccer program as well. And they were like, yeah, we're going to go. And I actually got along with them pretty well. I always rode with them to the games. Their moms would take me. So I was just like, okay, okay, I don't care. I'll go. I didn't know anything about the school. Um, this is an HBCU. It's a historically black college. So it's a, their, their culture is a little different than, than other cultures. They're more, the band's amazing. And it's really, it's a whole different, it's whole different background. And so I didn't know what I was getting myself into, and I showed up to this college, and um, I went four years there, and we had three different coaches, I believe, in the matter of my of my college career. Um, and in one of those years, my sophomore year, we had an assistant coach, hello, come from the Houston Dynamo, the TTI coach. Okay. He worked with the Dynamo. They were just opening up Houston Dash. Right, so I had no idea um, professional soccer, nothing. Um, he he um, quickly quickly talks a lot of sense to me because I was, you know, you're in college, you're having fun. Um, at this point, my team we weren't we were qualifying for for the SWAC tournaments, but we'd get knocked out the first round. So it was just kind of like I don't know what I'm doing anymore. So I like soccer. And from there, it was just like, I don't know, you know, and I'm really intense. I'm kind of competitive. Mm -hmm. um, I like to have fun and enjoy it. And I don't think I was enjoying it as much. And then he comes and he kind of like adjusts the mentality and the culture. He starts like um, getting rid of players or kicking them out. And it's just like, it's, to us, it's a whole different like, like change. Mm -hmm. So he quick, after the season, he talked to me and he's like, you need to work on your attitude, but you're a good player. What are you doing here? Let's let's come and come train with a dash. And I was like, I don't even know what that is. So then he's like, it's a professional team. You should get familiar. We just oh, it just opened up. So I'm here with the dash it's with Randy Waldrum. He's the coach, and Lee up is assistant coach. And you know, I start I start training and. And it's like, whoa, like these players are professionals. I can do this. You know, at first I'm really nervous. I'm kind of scrappy. I never had a lot of technical work um, until I was 18 with Eric Stohansky, the lead coach. He's the yeah. one that told me I had terrible shooting form. Your shooting form is terrible. So I think I shoot better with my left foot because I trained it with him. But uh <laughs> So I never had really lots of technical. I've always been like um, really competitive and and really uh, willing to learn and and I don't like being being at the bottom. I like always getting better, getting better, getting better. And so um, I was there with the dash. And every year since my sophomore year in the summers, I would go train with the dash. I was there when there was Carly Lloyd, more Mo Brian, and um, all the there was a there's Kelly Ohio. Um, 
Cammy Privet, actually, Cammy Privet is one of my friends in Houston. She just she just got back to the Houston Dash with Bianca Henningberg. So, you know, you're in an environment where there's professional players, and it's just like, I'm like, whoa, I, I don't think I'm good enough here. Like, they're, they're quick to tell you, hey, we need to work harder. We need to do this. And so it was just a different environment. And just being there and seeing, oh, here's Carly Lloyd, and we're, I, we're playing one-on-one, and she just juked me. Oh, I just juked her. I can do this, you know? So it's like, it's it's a whole different environment. And you just, from there, it was kind of like, okay, I want to play professional soccer. How do I do this? And so Lee kind of became a mentor to me a little bit. And he was kind of like, you need to fix this before you go. You, you need to fix your attitude. You need to you need to fix your mentality. Um, kind of talk, talk me through a little bit of it. He goes, how do you know you want to go to Europe if you don't even know the teams there? You don't know the leagues. You don't know this. So... So at, this, uh, at the same time, I was kind of like, okay, are you trying to help me or not? But at the same time, he had a point. He was like, okay, you want to go do this stuff, but you don't even know the requirements to do this thing. So would you say so, it was at that point kind of that you had to, you knew that this was something that you wanted to do professionally, potentially, for the rest of your life? Yes, I, I, definitely, I definitely started to see that this is something that I enjoyed doing and I was very passionate about because in the summers too, I would coach soccer, like I'd work with kids and i do private lessons and I'd work, you know, and I, it's something that I enjoy very much. Um, throughout the whole time I was playing in, in different clubs, I played in semi-pro and UWS and in WPSL, um, I went to Europe and, and I've done a bunch of different things but there's never been such a professional setting like a more professional setting than I've been in being in this club in the Mexican League in the Liga in La Liga so it's it's just a it's just a whole like it's uh unreal like I see there's 16 year olds on my team and I'm just like wow you have such an amazing opportunity right now and I wish I had this when I was your age and I'm so happy right now because all the like my sisters the younger generation before uh, under me like has a chance to grow and has so much opportunity to grow. And there's still more teams developing. So one question. So you've had this long journey. You have seen and done, it sounds like about every league, every level, um, especially in the U.S. Is there anything that you can look back on and say, I would have done this differently? Honestly, everything I think that has happened, it's happened for a reason. I think that in every experience that I've been in, it's helped me grow. If not, it may help me create more friends or, or see more places and experience a lot more in life through my, through my process. I think that some people are so rushed to do things or so quick to give up because they're not enjoying everything that happens. There's there's been a lot of bad things and a lot of good things that that have happened throughout this. So I would I wouldn't change anything. I don't think. Awesome. And <laughs> go ahead, Scott. I'm sorry. I was just gonna say. You know, you mentioned the fact about like your younger sisters and stuff like that. And we actually had Coach Rogers on from a Lee High School, and he had great things to say about Brittany uh, going out there and training with the boys and showing them a thing or two. Uh, but you, you come from, like you say, such a unique time where the Houston Dash was kind of just starting. And, and where have you seen the most growth, even like within San Antonio with the number of clubs now available? Like, how has that impacted you? How does that make you feel now for the future generations? Honestly, 
Um, I'm I'm really proud of how San Antonio does soccer because I think you all do such a great job. You all and Soy South do such a good job at like bringing so much attention to the 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 soccer, like the soccer in San Antonio. It's like, okay, Houston Aces were the top team and they've won I think the UWS championship last year or the year before that. And you should see how many people come to their games. And then you go to see Athenian games or you go to see the high school games or you go to see different games in or SAFC games and you're just like, Wow, look how how much support you you all have created just by doing what you do. And I'm like I'm I'm so excited about the growth coming there, especially for my sisters that are younger than me, because they're at an age right now that they can be prime. Like you know, that they, they can they they have they still have room to grow. I'm kind of like old habits have to break out of them, you know, like <laughs> have to still like figure things out. I'm a little older player, so it's like it's like I'm I don't have room to be kind of like so I have to do everything now like they have little room for error and growth and error and growth and and in in the environment that is going to produce that and i've been kind of like trial error error. like it's just i'm really excited for my sisters and the the girls that are just coming into this as well that's awesome so you talk about knowing the teams in europe so tell us, you got connected. One day I see pictures of you in Iceland, this beautiful background. I'm like, where is she? What is going on? <laughs> I know. I'm like, uh, yes, and the, stuff, the soccer that's going on in Iceland right now um, is, is pretty amazing. So tell us, how did you end up in Iceland and then Sweden? So when I played with TTI after the Athenians, because the Athenians um, closed the team and then then I went with TTI, then they opened San Antonio Blossom, so it was just like, okay. I went with TTI. Lee is very connected in the soccer community. Um, and he got me connected with this agent. And so I don't really know how agents work. I think it just sounds fancy. I'm talking to my agent, you know, so I have no idea how this stuff works. And so this agent finds me um, a team in in Sweden, the first team was Sweden. Okay. I need a team, and the contract is the seasons are six months long. Usually in in, in Europe, they have six month seasons, and I was there for the last three months of the Sweden mm-hmm. of the season, and I went there as a reinforcement, and then I came back, and then I started playing. Um, when I came back from Sweden, that's when I played for TTI, I believe. Mm-hmm. Then from there, they found me an Iceland team. And it was going to be a six-month contract. And I was like, okay, I have no idea what it's like in Iceland. So uh, you would look up these teams, and everything is in Icelandic. It's a language. <laughs> Icelandic is very hard, okay? <laughs> Swedish has some words you can kind of, like, understand because I speak Spanish, so it's, like, a little bit, like, they use some words that kind of sound like Spanish, or you can kind of make it up in your head or something, you know? Like, I don't know if you can, <laughs> uh, when you're listening to people speak foreign languages, you kind of get an idea. But Icelandic is super hard. For a while, Google trans, Google didn't even translate, not not Google, but Instagram wouldn't translate it, Facebook wouldn't translate any Icelandic. I don't know if you guys would see posts I would share, sometimes you couldn't even translate it. So, um, I go and I'm trying to look up what these teams are, what the divisions are. I have no idea. So, 
in I in Sweden I played for a Division One team. Mm -hmm. So there's Division One, Two, Three, Four, but above Division One there's Elitetan and Asvenska. So I was kind of playing like in the third division in Sweden. So I had no idea that that's what it was. I was like, oh, I'm playing for first division. Cool. I'm at the top league. But no, it was, there's two divisions high, higher. And then I went to Iceland and then I was playing for the second division. I was like, oh, so it's the second division. Cool. And then it's like, no, there's Pepsi, first division, second division. So I was like, oh my goodness, this team used to be first team, first division. And then they got knocked down to second division when I got there. So it used to be a first division team. So then um, that, that's how I happened to be in Iceland. And it was a Spanish coach. This coach that was a coach there is from Spain. So it was a little bit more comforting for me because I could speak Spanish with him. And um, I had a friend, her name's uh, Giovanna Milikovic. She's Serbian. And she became someone that was I got really close to in Iceland. And she kind of told me about the leagues and explained things to me. And um, the environment there is just, okay, it's so different when you play. I lived in Hop, Hub, it's called Hub, but it's called Hoffen. And it's right by the ocean, okay? So even in the summer, it's cold and it's windy. So imagine playing, okay, you go out, you warm up, you play, you go into the warm locker room and you come back into the cold wind and raining. So that was really hard to adjust to. So the high school season didn't help you out for that at, at least. It seems like it's all... Not even the sleet. Not even the sleet and the eyes never did that. It was just, it was tough to adapt. And then you slowly kind of started getting a hang of things. I'm like, I'm not going to wear my Under Armour until the second half. So then you have a little bit of warm. Mm. So you have to, you have to figure things out. It helps you a little bit to be a soccer smart. Yeah. yeah. All the fields are turf, right, in Iceland? Mm, not necessarily. Some of the fields are actually, they're, they're, they have indoor fields, they have indoor fields, which can be heated. They get heated. It's cool. They have grass fields. And Hub actually had one of the best fields in Iceland for grass fields. Like our field was one of the best maintained fields in Iceland. Very and nice. We have outdoors and indoor fields. So sometimes it gets so cold. And even when it's cold inside of the thing, it's like kind of like, Let's say it's kind of like a warehouse. So you, it's colder inside sometimes. And it's just like, oh my goodness. And I don't know, sometimes I'd be in shorts. I was, I was like, I got used to this. And then I came back to Houston. And when it gets cold, like 50 degrees, I'm like, oh my gosh, it's so cold. But... So I'm just interested with, with all the different teams that you've played for, especially the ones like overseas. You know, I, I know you mentioned you like to talk to people and stuff like that, but... Was it hard? Was there ever animosity in the locker rooms? What were the different locker rooms like? Because all these girls were trying for a spot too, right? Yes. So in Europe, the the soccer sometimes isn't, I think me playing at the divisions that weren't as high, it's like kind of a norm to them because they have soccer everywhere. So there's like 16-year-olds that get to play. Sometimes there's players that come from outside. They haven't been training, and then they come and train, and you're just like, where did these players come from? And sometimes we wouldn't have enough players to train at some of these at some of these leagues, and, and that's where I was telling you this, that there's some unprofessionality in some of the leagues because you just – there's players traveling in and out, and Hub is a small city, so they're in college in Reykjavik. 
it's just six hours away. So then they come for the season and then it's like, oh, sometimes they're out of town and then they come and train. And it's just like, it's, that's where, that's where some of the things that happen in the soccer community don't get told. Mm-hmm. And especially in, the, in those leagues, in the higher leagues, like Pepsi, Elite Athan, it's a little different because it's like the, the higher leagues. So my, I have a friend, she, her name is Taylor, and I actually played with her in Copa Libertadores in per, when I went to Peru. And uh, it was in Uruguay. I played with her. She plays for in Sweden for Elite Athan. And I went to train with her team, and it's just a different environment as well. And so, like, ours, in the environments that I had been in, in Iceland and Sweden has been a little bit more laid back. But as far as the girls have always been so nice. Like, these people are so kind. And I think, you know, it's like if someone comes to the U.S. and, and then they are so stuck on speaking their own language and they don't try to speak with you, then obviously people are going to be a little bit more closed off to you. But I'm always like, how do you say this? How do you say this? How do I say this? Like, I'm really into getting, trying to get involved with them and trying to make myself feel welcome because I'm I'm a person that I like to be comfortable where I'm at. And so um, I get comfortable by talking and joking around and, and kind of um, socializing and being goofy. And that's how I get comfortable in environments because when I'm nervous and I don't say anything, it's just like it, it shuts me down. So... I was, hey, what's your name? Or did Icelandic names are very hard. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you've got a great pronunciation, by the way. I, I learned. They they helped me a lot. They taught me lots of good things and bad things. Like, <laughs> bad words. You gotta have some bad words to use on the field. Right? <laughs> yes, yes. Um, but it's perfect, you know. I think if you're open to learning people's cultures and open to to being there and open to understanding their language and open to explanation, I think it makes everything in the locker room so much easier. And, you know, the girls open up to you a lot more. Right? And the people appreciate that, you know? And um, I have some teammates here that are they're Mexican-Americans like me. And they're like, I, my Spanish isn't that good. And I was like, just speak it. I think they'll be happy to hear you speak it, you know? And so they're they're doing that. Like um, an example is our center midfielder, Jen Munoz. Mm-hmm. She came and she's like, I didn't know anything of Spanish. And now she's like, I can speak. She knows how to make her way through everything. And it's really good. Like, and then the team helps her. And they've been helping other players. Like, it's really fun to see them, like, learn that. And then um, the America players try to speak English. And us teaching them. And it's funny. Like, our accents and everything is, is really good. So I think... I think the, my biggest advice is to players that go play somewhere else is just be open to learn the culture, be open to take try things, be open to to make make them make them welcome you. Like you know, I think that's one of my base, biggest advice if you go somewhere that you're not familiar with. So one thing before um, we got on the pod, you and I were talking about your passion for travel and being in Europe. I know a lot of people will hop on a train, go visit places. Were you able to visit some areas in Europe and see some different countries? Yes. Yeah, so for Iceland, I didn't really get to do as much traveling because we didn't have a lot. We didn't have a car, and Iceland is super expensive, but it's a whole circle so i did get to travel almost all of iceland in a circle and i did see the northern lights and that was amazing like and iceland anywhere you go you see waterfalls there's 
thermal baths and there's so much natural beauty in Iceland and you don't have to take water bottles. If you find out if you find a waterfall you can drink from the water. Nice. And it's super refreshing. So it's and little. It, yeah, it is. I, I just ship it over it. here, like here you go. <laughs> and um and in when I was in Sweden we did get to take trains. I went to Malmo and I went to Denmark. And in Denmark, it was really, it was really cool. You had, I was in Copenhagen. So I got to experience a little bit of the nightlife, a little bit of, of like all their like, they have, what do they have? They have this like huge church with like a ladder that you get to the top to. I don't even, I have everything in a list. I, I just go, I look, look things up and then I go and I make like an itinerary. And Malmo is beautiful. And Sweden is so peaceful. Like there's, like fruit you can pick off the trees and just eat it's um europe is a whole another thing it's i really enjoyed europe it's beautiful so what's the weirdest thing you've eaten i did shark shark where's that at it tasted nasty in iceland they like ferment it and they seem like the sharks pee themselves or something i don't know they they said that the icelandic people pee on there but i don't know how sure that is if you have a lobby you're gonna like shark is it kind of tastes like it has a strong taste. Like, like wasabi? Is that what you said? Yeah. And I did crickets in Mexico. That's not that bad. To be That's not. I, I feel like people do that. You put a little chocolate on it and people will do that. But do you eat them like straight? So Mexicans like spicy. Okay. Spicy. They do them like in this like, they like toast them with this like spicy and lime spice and lime and then I've ate them like with guac. I've ate it by itself, tasted it by itself. It's like ceviche now, so you haven't just eaten crickets, you've tried them like all the different ways you can. Yeah, I mean, I, we're, when in Mexico. Hey, absorb the culture, right? Absolutely. I mean, we made our friends try them, so it's, it's not bad. It's just the thought of you eating a cricket. I think that you're just like, oh my gosh, there's a leg. I'm eating a leg, cricket leg. <laughs> I feel like there's like a cricket tasting where like you've got little samplers festival and... yeah I think I think there is they have like this restaurant that has like kind of like all these uh, Mexican traditional food and like different like scorpions and stuff like that too I haven't done the scorpion I'm going to do it um, okay you're gonna have to let <laughs> how that is okay I'll definitely take a picture and a video. Awesome. <laughs> we want to know, like, we want to know Marlene's, like, food adventures, all the stuff you eat. Yeah, but I, we, we, like, we kind of restricted on certain things because, you know, you're, you want to represent a brand and kind of be like, okay, don't eat all this bad stuff, guys, because you're an athlete. But... Danielle will tell you to cheat. Those are your yeah. cheat meals, right? Yeah, crickets, man. That's what I want to cheat on. Yeah, it's actually pretty good. I checked up the protein fats. It's a lot better than beef and I think um, chicken. So, Marlene, tell us, now that you're down there at Club America, like, what does the day look like? What does the training look like? The schedule? Do you, I know you mentioned the colors for the body fat. Like, how do they regiment that type of stuff? What's a day in the athlete like there for Club America? Okay, so when I finally signed my contract and, you know, we got in, they are like, oh, we have to go to measurements. So I'm like, okay, I guess they're just going to weigh us. So 
They literally, we strip down, we're in a sports bra and spandex, and they have these metal clamps, and they just, like, pinch you, and they check everything. Like, they mark you with markers and check your, like, body fat, and you're just like, what the heck is going on? <laughs> and then I'm like, is everything okay? Am I good? And they were like, oh, yeah, you're in green. You're 49, I think, fat, or I don't know, 49-something. My number's 49, and you have to be below 50 to be green. And so you have green, yellow, orange, and red. So it's like you, they want, you're an athlete, so you have to perform at a level so that you're, they're also take to consideration how tall you are, you know, your body mass, everything. And so if you're in orange and red, you have to work out, you have to do a little bit like, okay, so when we close practice, we do a, a lap to cool down. The people in orange and red would have to do two laps or something. And it's just like, then they'll be like, they'll add on to it, to your regimen too, because you have to be able to perform. And if you're not taking care of your body, then how are you going to be able to perform? So that was one of the first things that I was like, oh, wow. You know, it's like, I've never been told like, hey, you need to eat better. I'm pretty good at eating good, but I'm also really good at eating bad. So, <laughs> and then like normally our day starts around... So, um, if you see Club America, there's the Stadio Azteca where people play, and then Club America has its like own little club thing. They have like three big fields, the one where the first team trains, a middle field where like we can either both of us train and they are fields, and then we have like some little turf fields where like the youth 15s and the little little kids like five year olds, six year olds train, and then we have a cafeteria. Um, we have our weight room. The first, the men's team, the first team has their own weight room. They have um, their locker room, and we have a press room. So it's just you come in and you're just like, in a wow, this is so professional, right? Mm -hmm. And whenever we come into the locker room, we have our clothes folded for us on our chairs. We have our own chairs and our own boxes where we put our cleats, and we have our our equipment for the day and we have a cafeteria so usually the day starts in the morning I, I get there around 8 15 um, to get breakfast training is usually 9 15 9 30 um, sometimes we have film before um, sometimes we have a little talk or a meeting we have our psychologist too that once a week we go and we have meetings with him the whole team we have like team bonding or something with our sports psychologist and then we go to training. In training, um, we have our strength and conditioning coach who's like super on us about, okay, they can only do this much. We don't want to overload them. We don't want to do this. And he's like on top of the coaches. Coaches, you can only do 12 minutes today or do this. So we have our strengthening. Um, we do our warm up with him. Then we have our assistant coach who's like kind of runs the technical and, and we have a goalkeeper coach for the goalies. And then we have, we have Leo, the, the head coach, and we do we do that training. From there, we go get our supplements. It gives protein. I've never taken protein, so I have to talk to the nutritionist. We have a nutritionist, um, and we discuss that. And then we come back to our locker rooms, shower, change, and then we get to go home. But we have or we have lunch. We have lunch there. It's optional. You can eat lunch there or go home. Usually, everyone eats lunch. Our lunch is actually pretty good. Um, 
And then we have dinner, we get dinner. So like usually we have dinner at 6.30. We're able to go and, and have dinner and hang out with our teammates and then we get to go home. And then from there, that's our day. Usually you're, you're back and forth to the club. You don't have to go to dinner, but you can. Sometimes we have two practices a day, like 10 o'clock and then three. So it just really depends how our schedule is. Cause sometimes we play Monday and Friday or, or we play Saturday only. And it's just like right now we had a kind of like a week in between our next games on Saturday. So that's usually our day. Um, but it's so professional. We have, um, there's no reason for you to fail here. I think America is one of the biggest clubs and has one of the most, the best resources. And honestly, the environment here is just, it's the girls, the team is just gets along so well. Like um, the coaches, we can joke with the coaches. It's a fun environment, but at the same time, we can be serious. And, and I think that's something that I enjoy because I'm a little goofy. I don't like to be serious all the time. I think that you should enjoy what you're doing, enjoy the game, have fun with your teammates. But when it's time to be serious, it's time to be serious. So you scored that first goal in your first game. I'm just interested, like, what was that feeling like to finally know that you've made it to that stage? And, and not only that, but been able to contribute so early. So honestly, when I was, when they, when I was, I didn't know I was going to start until the day of the game. Okay. I kind of been like in the starting, like trainings that, you know, where they put, you kind of know who they, who's going to start. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, I don't know. Maybe I'm going to start. Maybe I'm not going to start. I'm really nervous because here I feel like some, at the first at training, I feel like they didn't really have a lot of confidence in me. Some of my teammates didn't have a lot of confidence in me. And like, even at training, sometimes I feel like I wouldn't get the ball enough or like, or like we wouldn't do enough repetitions for them to see what I could do. So I was really nervous because I was like, I don't think they trust me or like, you know, in my head. And um, I'm still warming up to some of the team and like some of the starters, I'm like, I, I hadn't warmed up to them as much. And so I talked to mostly the girls I came with and then the Americans. And so, so then I, then they told me I'm gonna start. So I'm really nervous. Um, I have a book where I write like, pre-game thoughts, like, what are you good at? Um, what can you control? What can you do? And I write things down and I kind of like, okay, focus. And um, well, we get the game gets started and at first I'm a little nervous, you know, I'm not really trying things. I'm not having a lot of confidence, but I'm like playing simple, trying to keep the ball. And I see finally I start dribbling and I and we start, start playing. Um, I assist in a goal, they call it offsides. Right. And that's when I started to get a little bit of my confidence. My confidence starts going, I think they start to see that they, that I'll fight for the ball, that, that they can send me and I'll get it. That, that, that's something that I think is a good quality is I'm always fighting to, to get the ball. And so now the confidence starts to build and I see that my teammates are talking to me and my teammates are playing the ball and my teammates are having more confidence in me and they're actually looking for me or like, you know, guiding me. And there comes a the goal. And I was like, whoa, I just scored. I don't know if you, you guys saw the Athenian games. But oh, yeah. I, I like, from five chances, I would, I would score one. And I was like, oh my gosh. You know? So I was like, I was like, whoa, I just scored. How cool. You know, it's just, it, it's, it was surreal. It was like, I don't know. I'm just excited that we're winning. Mm -hmm. And I, uh, from there, I think that my nerves became a little less and I was a little bit more comfortable with the team. And, and even then, from this, from there to the Santos game, it's just like, it's still nerve wracking because it's just, you know, you're finally at a stage where you're like, wow, you're doing it. 
you know, and then like, it's not just for fun now, it's also your job. Danielle? <laughs> um, so you not were only, I mean, fail, not even, you kept scoring and you finally made it into the team of the week for all Liga M MX Feminile. I mean, talk about how did you feel when that came out? I mean, to be quite honest, I feel like it's really exciting, but I think that it most mostly has to do with my team. And um, if I weren't, if my team weren't doing what they had to do, and then my job as a, as a forward is to score. That's your job. Right. So I'm doing my job and I'm trying to do it the best as, as I can. And I'm grateful to be on that. But I think the most important thing is to win. Like I, I want us to win regardless whether I'm scoring goals or my teammates scoring goals. I think it's just important to do that. And of course I'm excited to be on, on that, but I, I'm just happy that we're getting the results we need. And your goalie's been a big part of that too. Tell us a little bit, you know, I saw some of the, the saves that she made in, in those games we were just talking about, you know, against Santos and everything else. What's it like to just be able to count so much on your other teammates and everything? And, and like you said, that trust that you guys have in each other. You know, versus Cruz Azul, I was definitely quite impressed because she did big saves versus Cruz Azul. I was, mm -hmm. I was like, wow, you're amazing. And I, I like... I think we're still, we're not even, right now we're not playing our best soccer, I can say. I don't think we're playing our best soccer, and I think we're getting the results. We're still getting the, the wins. We haven't lost any games, and we're getting results. We're getting we're getting points on board, and we're not playing the best soccer yet. And I'm excited to see that because I think we're still adjusting and adapting to each other, and there's we're trying different things. We're moving things around. We're seeing what parts fit better with other parts, and I think that that not only developing that on the field, but we're also developing it outside of the field. I feel like we don't have any really clicks. Like, of course you have your friend that you hang out with a lot, but I feel like we can sit, I can sit and I talk to a whole different group over there, talk to another group over here, and everyone is just equally enjoys everyone's company. And I think that's a very important part. And I think the soccer part is developing because I can say that I don't think this has been our best, the best soccer we can do yet. I don't think there's been a game where we played the best to our abilities yet. I feel like each game has been kind of scrappy for us. And and I think that we've shown, shown gut to, to determine it and finish it and get the results that we need and make sure that we don't lose the games. But I think right now we're developing a great team. And right now one of our forwards is actually in the Selección playing. That's awesome. So what is the next step or the next goal for you, whether it's for this season or maybe two or three years down the line? To be quite honest, um, I was actually going to like just stop playing. Um, I was like, oh, I don't, I have my master, I have my master, I have one class like this, my master's degree and I'm really into coaching and I like sales. So I was like, um, honestly, I don't know, soccer hasn't been, you know, I've been going to these teams and I want the professionalism and I want this. And so I went to a trial I had with Tigres. Uh, Don Joe Rios is the one that contacted um, Tigres and I went to go do with Tigres and then I went with Pachuca and now I'm here with America. And um, I just wasn't really expecting anything to happen. And now that I'm here, it's like, 
I'm actually, you know, this is something that I've been looking forward to for a long time. I think that my soccer has, career has been very long. Um, for now, my short term, our, my short term goal is to help my team win and make sure that we're we get to make it to the playoffs. Obviously, we want to win. We want to win um, La Liga, <laughs> and I think that we have so much depth in our team, even in the bench, to and the new reinforcements, everything, to even to do that. So I think that's my long-term goal. I would, it would be great if I can represent my team and, and be a leading scorer and be a top scorer. That would be great. But I think the most important thing for me is to make sure that we win games. Absolutely. Well, listen, if you ever want to coach, please come back to San Diego. <laughs> we want more women's coaches here, um, and we need more high-caliber um, people who've played professionally coaching our girls and our women to continue to have that path like you've had? Honestly, a lot of this this is connections and talking and, and asking questions and oh. learning. Is Color America envisioning having a women's academy here like in San Antonio or in the United States? I actually have, have no... I actually have no idea because I'm I'm actually warming up to the people in the office. I'm pretty. I always say hi to everybody. I like I always like getting to know people. Um, everyone there. I usually they see me. I'm hi hi, and I talk to them and go gossip with them a little bit. <laughs> but I haven't heard anything about about that yet. But I did. I I don't know. We might go play in San Antonio. So that's something that's up in the air. <laughs> Then I'm ready to coach again for them. Rafa's trying to get himself a job, not not question. Marlene's our guest on this show, Rafa. Come on, buddy. that it came, we were going to eat lunch. And Gio, Memochoa were all there, and they took pictures with them, and they talked to them. And I was just like, oh, my gosh. But I have yet to see anybody, because with the first team, it's kind of separate. Like, they have their own work, their own gym. They work out on the opposite end. Um, when they eat at the cafeteria, no one's allowed to eat. Like, we eat separately from them. And so it's just, it's a little bit hard to see them. And I've, I've yet to see them, but my teammates have definitely seen them. So I know one question we had without like getting too personal or anything, Marlene, but you know, it's, there's always a discussion around the equal pay and everything else. As far as like the living arrangements go and stuff like that, you know, is, is it like a livable salary and, and everything for you to play there? I know that was kind of one of the questions that we had got. So... Mexico is a pretty um, it's a pretty cheap place. Sure. So compared to the U.S., if you, an American comes here and they're like, okay, to live here, we can do it, you know, with our salary. Right. Um, and also, just with, if you've worked in the U.S. and you have a little bit of extra money, then it's like, I, I, Club America doesn't have a clubhouse for the women's for the women's side, but um, they help with accommodations or like help finding finding us housing and. 
I kind of like to, I like to be with people, but I also like my own space. So I, I live in like a place by myself. And to be quite honest with the salary, it's not the highest paid salary. For one, I came in not being a very known player. Sure. Um, they know nothing of me. They had, they didn't know that I was going to be doing what I'm doing right now. Yeah. Or who knows? Maybe I can do a little bit more. And so I have a short-term contract. There's players that do the the big players. There's um, two players came from Iceland, Stephanie and Bianca, and I think they're getting a pretty high salary. And there's some Thigas girls getting high salary. And then obviously, if you're in the national team, you get a little bit higher salary. But it's like you have to kind of work for it. We don't get as much salary as the men's do, obviously. Sure. But I think they do a good job at, like, if you work for it and you're doing what you need to do at giving you that. Because I do get bonuses for certain things, like minutes played or goals or assists. And you and there's different things that come into play for bonuses and stuff like that. So they do offer that. And um, I think that, I guess, for the foreigners, it's a, it's a pretty – it's a pretty good pay because I mean I've been to Sweden sure. and I was paid four hundred dollars I think when I went to Sweden. And Iceland is a very expensive place and I was getting paid a higher, a much much higher salary, almost double that, almost triple that. And then and now that I'm here, it's like kind of in in between salary, but you have room for bonuses and it's a shorter contract and um, it's like. It's like you can grow here. And you, the Mexican League, I think, is one of the most supported leagues, I think, than <laughs> anywhere I've been. I've been in Europe, and I haven't seen as many people come to games. Or the, It's just the fact that we have the men's affiliation. It's insane. Like, our videos get our games get broadcasted on TV. <laughs> so it's like a whole different level of support. And exposure. And it, it's a lot of exposure, and it, it's just like... The league keeps growing every year, like the, the level of competition. I remember the first time it opened, we played against Pachuca and Tigres, and we're like, Pachuca was the champions, and I think we lost 3-1 to them, which if we were a little bit, we could have organized a little better, we could have given them a better game, I think. So I was like, whoa, okay, you know, this is doable. And now to see it, how far it's grown, you see the level of technical and ability and well, the players have grown and the league has grown. That's awesome. I'm, I'm happy to hear that. And I, I want to give Mr. Club America a chance. We got we got the picture here. Uh, didn't want to forget that. So uh, I know you can't see it there, Marlene. It'll be on the show, though, of the uh, the full attire, not just the hat. But before we let Marlene go, uh, Mr. Club America there, did you have any other questions you wanted to ask her? Yeah. How does it feel uh, playing there with the altitude? I, I have you adjusted to the altitude there. Holy moly. Okay, that is a, such a great question. Okay, I think if you see me play in San Antonio, I can run for days, I think. I'm, I'm pretty good. I've run cross country every day, so I was like, no problem. You get here, and I felt like I weighed 300 pounds, and I couldn't run. Like I was like, breathing is was so hard for me. And then I was two weeks in, and we did like a scrimmage, I think, against Puebla. And I was like, oh, I'm in shape now. Like 20 minutes in, I was like, oh, I'm dying. Please sub me. Like, but I feel like now I'm I'm pretty good. I've got my wind. Um, I think I've adjusted pretty well. Uh, but the altitude is definitely hard. Um, I don't know if um, there's a bunch of American American girls that come and and train with us, and they're like, I can't breathe. And that's 
that's a really that's something that's very real. It's very real. Well, what about you, Harry? Did you have any questions for uh, Marlene? I know you haven't gotten a chance to ask much, buddy, before we uh, let her get back to it. No, I just think this has been awesome. You know, like I said here, just the the, the story, and, and I know there's been several in the chat that that's you know that, that's the story, and as a father of a daughter and even a son, just to be able to hear the, the growth and, and just to be able to see you know your um, sisters and brothers be able to kind of experience what you've been able to experience, and then hopefully for their career be able to you know have that easier trek than what you had to have you know i think i think it's an awesome story and thank you so much for coming on it, it's 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 definitely a you know a great show here with you on thank you for having me well marlene you mentioned it i'm looking forward to uh seeing you in uh, what might be a face-off against uh, the old team athenians back here in san antonio it'll be great to uh, get to catch up with you in person i know i wanted to just say thank you again for coming on and uh, i'll let danielle send you off well, um, I'm just so excited that we were able to connect because we've kind of been passing back and forth uh, since Athenians a little bit. Um, but it's been awesome seeing what a strong representation you are of San Antonio soccer and the culture and, and the, the system we have here. But what I love, too, is that your story includes some of those um, mid-level developmental, like semi-pro leagues, you know, the WPSL, the UWS. Um, and I think that's such an important aspect of building that pipeline. And um, and it gives girls hope, too, to hear your story of, hey, maybe I've been bounced around to teams. Maybe I've been on the bench. Maybe I haven't gotten the minutes. Or, you know, maybe things just aren't gelling with the team. And so uh, just listening to your story, I know that there's a lot of people, and like Harry mentioned, boys, girls, men, women, who can resonate with that. And so thank you for just being the role model and the athlete and uh the San Antonian you are no matter where you are. <laughs> of course. Thank you guys for having me. I really enjoyed being here. And I think um, it's a really good what you all do because I think you guys ask questions that some girls are afraid to ask or don't have answers to. And I'm always welcome to that. I know um, Sue. I love Sue. Um, she's always constantly asking me because she's probably really involved in the soccer community and she's just always asking me, hey, how is this or how did you do this? And I'm like, no problem, ask me. I really enjoy like helping that and helping do that because my sisters ask me questions all the time and I'm just like, yes, I, that's what I'm here for, ask me questions. Um, if you have any questions, ask me so you learn how to do this because I didn't have anybody that I could really ask questions to, or so there's some questions that you just don't want to ask your coach. So it's, it's different. So I would definitely, I'm very open to questions. That sounds like a new segment. We'll be sure to send you those uh, your way for any questions we get from our San Antonio athletes. I do know uh, Allison Fahey wanted to tell you hello as well. She uh, wanted to jump on with us and be able to surprise you, but I wasn't able to organize all that as quickly as what I was hoping to. So I just wanted to send you her love as well. I miss playing with her. Uh, I love my little feisty Allison. <laughs> well, I hope you'll be seeing her soon, uh, but you take care, Marlene. And for those of you watching, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. <laughs> 